You're listening to Delinta Coaches Connect podcast. This podcast features the diverse perspective of a thriving global community of coaches, leaders, and experts sharing their captivating stories, journeys, expert advice, and more. Hello, and welcome to Coaches Connect podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Jones. Today, we have Pamela Horton, success coach, self-mastery teacher, and founder of the Business of You Academy, a school dedicated to helping people retain their mindset for success, the best relationships, performance, and exceptionally fulfilling life and career. Pamela has extensively studied neuroscience, psychology, mind training, spiritual knowledge, and techniques with original research that includes close to 30 years of practice and expertise. She teaches and coaches one-on-one at our school on how to quickly and methodically eliminate maladaptive behaviors and expand your ability to build a life and career without compromise. Pamela's focus is on self-mastery, leadership development, life work balance, mindset, habits, well-being, performance, self-love, results, and success how you defined it. Let's welcome Pam. Hello. Hello, Pam. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing, Nicole? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. You know what? Tell us where you are located. Where are you right now? In Florida, United ah, States. Okay, great. So I'm in the U.S. as well. I'm just right outside of Washington, D.C. and okay. Alexandria, Virginia. So it's always good to know um, who I'm ta- where, where my person is. Sometimes I have people overseas, so it's, it's just kind of fun. So mm. for everyone that's listening or watching, we're in the same time zone. So <laughs> it's good. We're both on the East Coast. So anyway, I was very intrigued um, reading a lot about your bio and just hearing how much training you've had, especially in neuroscience and psychology. Um, Tell me a little bit more about your background and how you decided to kind of morph into coaching. Thank you. I, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And I, before actually I answer the question, I really want to just mention Delenta. Um, and oh, yeah. how wonderful Delenta, the program is, the, the software, the people that work there. I'm so delighted to be part of the community, both as a coach, as a client, um, and now part of the podcast. It's just such an honor. And um, thank you again. Oh, that's awesome. So <clears throat> how did I get started into coaching? My career actually started off as being a social worker, working with youth and adolescents and um, families, providing group programming, uh, one-on-one coaching. And um, or counseling, that is, which is very different. As we know, therapy is very different from coaching. Right. And um, through that, I evolved and opened up my own wellness center, spa and wellness center that was not geared on fluff and buff, although we did provide facials and, and massages, but it was really yeah. geared toward um, healing the whole, whole body, the whole mind. Um, so we would offer programming there as well. And during that phase, I was in graduate school. I was a single mother of a toddler. I was working full-time as a social worker. I had opened up my own wellness center. Wow. And um, I was someone who was a people pleaser and continued to strive really for attention, um, mm-hmm. looking to have eyes on me for just to gain acceptance, um, things of that nature, just wanting to be long and wanting to be respected. And I drove myself into not only burnout, but I had a pneumonia twice in one year, walking pneumonia. Wow. And so um, during that same time frame, I was recruited by a national insurance carrier 
to do their business development because they had att- we had attended a dinner and I was <laughs> recruiting them as clients to my wellness center. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> and they were just, they were impressed with my ability to conversate and, and really gain clients. And mm-hmm. so they offered me a position to work with them uh, selling auto and home insurance. And while I did not want to sell auto and home insurance, life insurance included, um, I did need the break. I had, I was just burnt out and I needed structure. I needed to know that there was um, just one job to do. And I didn't want to work with people the way that I was working with in social work because I was bringing those problems home with me. And so I learned the hard way how not to bring those problems home. Um, and while I was working for the national insurance carrier, because I didn't really want to sell insurance, I still really wanted to help people. And I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning about behavior and why people do what it is that they do, right, wrong, mm-hmm. or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was um, working for the company, I also didn't want to do one-to-one sales. I wanted to have access to as many people as possible so that I could make my job a little bit easier and also have a larger impact and, and larger um, outreach. Mm-hmm. And so I started to recruit and work with companies and went business to business where I was able to design my own coaching practice inside that insurance company. And what I mean by that is I developed lunch and learns and wellness fairs for the companies that were my clients. And that gave me access to their employees, which then I was able to refer to my sales team um, in order to sell auto home and life insurance. And in that same time frame, I was bringing people in who were non-traditional to those wellness fairs and lunch and learns. And what I mean by that is I wasn't just bringing in hospital representatives or chiropractors. I was bringing in coaches. I was bringing in people who were training in the mind and how you how the mind works and how you can live a better life by talking to yourself differently. What we speak, we speak into existence. And so I learned so much during that time frame. It was about five to seven years that I was doing that. Oh, wow. And I learned that I wanted to continue to help people through a coaching perspective. And so I decided to leave corporate. I took a, a leap of faith in 2011 and started my practice then. So that's a very unique story because you were in uh, this wellness space, then you felt like you needed a break. You shifted over into, you know, helping with insurance. Uh, and you said it was something I didn't want to do because, you know, I, want, I wanted to feel like I was helping people. But in the end, you were, you were still helping people, mm-hmm. right? And you probably didn't realize that it was going to kind of, you know, bridge you to the, your next opportunity for 2011. So What was like the defining moment that was like, you know what, I'm going to take the leap of faith. Like what kind of went off in your head for that? Well, first of all, I really didn't know that I was building my coaching practice inside the company. I was just doing, I was just chasing my joy. I was just doing what I wanted to do in terms of feeding my soul. Who and what is it that I wanted to learn and who is it that I wanted to expose to large Mm -hmm. numbers of people. Mm -hmm. And so um, the defining moment, though, for me was I I was a a high earner for the for the company. And the more money I brought in for the company in terms of my sales ability, every year, they would lessen the commission, and they would lessen the salary. And I just and this is very common, there's actually a term for it. And I'm forgetting it now, right um, at the moment. But I didn't feel valued. I was, I, and mm. I, and at that time I was a workaholic. I, I was codependent with my job and my clients and um, again, strive to be the best for really not the right reasons, more so yeah. about attention and just seeking my egos, stroking my ego, so to speak. And um, it was just feeling not, uh, it was feeling undervalued, 
uh, not heard, um, making producing results and uh, not getting the recognition, I guess. And that might sound like it was coming from ego and it could have been at that point, but it was painful. I was doing all of this um, work, uh, but what I didn't realize and later, later on, I realized that I was the one creating that experience, but that was the defining moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we don't realize we're the ones creating that, right? Right. Um, so now you're, so now you've jumped back in to this greatness, right? In terms of the mm -hmm. wellness space that you had left, taken a break. Um, what was different this time? Well, uh, the journey continued into the online coaching world. So I was very much a part of that. I was doing, I was interviewing motivational speakers, authors in the personal development and spiritual development space for, for an online company, uh, for their telesummits. I was coordinating their joint ventures in addition to coaching as I was mm -hmm. continuing to build my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. And um, back then I was also, I was an ego because I was chasing a celebrity, celebrity status. I was part of a coaching school uh, while they were teaching coaching techniques. It, they were heavily focused on the marketing piece of it. And while that's very good because you need to develop your business and thrive, um, mm -hmm. I just felt like I was coming from a place of chasing celebrity status. And so I recognized that in myself. And when that light bulb shone on me, I was able to look at the online world in a very different way and just saw the incongruencies of what people were speaking and what was happening behind closed doors. And so I, I left that um, completely disheartened and um, said I was going to do build my coaching practice from the ground up again, using the skills that I had going using the brick and mortar process, networking, word of mouth, et cetera. And so I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but that that's the process that I, that yeah, that's no, 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 you are. And I, and it's, I always like to ask these questions because those people that are listening that are either just starting out or have been in the coaching practice for a period of time who may still have a bit of a struggle or may still are trying to figure out like, this isn't working for me. It's always mm -hmm. good because sometimes, especially all that you're working on, you, mindset was something that uh, really resonates in your bio. And that is something that oftentimes we don't kind of take a moment of pause of really trying to think of, do I need to adjust how I'm thinking about something and going about it a different way? And it's mm -hmm. very clear that you became very serious about introspection and being able to decide like, okay, I was doing something when I first started this, I took a break, then I went on to do something else because I felt like that was going to give me the break that I needed. Mm -hmm. But something still needed to be tweaked before this next step was going mm -hmm. to happen for you. So what I what I'm very curious about is, okay, so now you're there, you, you you've gotten back into this practice. And what was your biggest struggle? When you first decided to, to make this transition again? My confidence, uh, the low confidence, and I was still operating from ego quite a bit in terms of having the fear mindset. Mm -hmm. um, when I decided to leave the online world and do the brick and mortar route and the networking side of things, I really just wanted to be the best coach I possibly could be. I, you know, when you were part of that, when I was part of that world, I was pushed to write a book. I was pushed to have a podcast. I was pushed to be Constant. on a podcast, just, yeah. right? And, and it was, again, it was about the, being, a, I felt it was about, they were pushing celebrity. to be the celebrity status. And that was very appealing, right? You know, what comes with celebrity status, all of those things were very appealing at that time. And 
I was chasing that my whole career. You know, I really earned a lucrative salary when I was both in social work, had my own business and in the insurance world. Um, and so the mindset for me was recognizing that I was coming from fear and I wanted to be the best coach that I possibly could be. And by chasing or those distractions, I wasn't going to be able to. And so I just dialed in and became laser focused on my studies, on myself, my clients. And so I think the most difficult thing was low confidence at that time, operating from fear and um, learning that I could trust myself because I was placing my trust in everybody else, website mm. design, uh, lead generation, um, just whatever, whatever, whatever it was, you name it. I was placing my trust in everybody else, not knowing my numbers, not knowing the process of certain things. And that was just, I just woke up and realized I was doing a terrible disservice for myself and to myself. And so I just became laser focused on being the best coach that I possibly could be. So it sounds like if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, you reversed putting yourself in others and started putting this, your, your trust, sorry, the trust in others and started putting the trust in yourself. Yes, absolutely. And like you can do this. Yes. And it's got to be laser focused, right? Yes. And that's when my relationship with my higher spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, um, mm -hmm. really grew even deeper because it wasn't just me that I was placing trust in. I was placing trust in, in my higher self and God. Mm -hmm. So your spirituality grew. You felt like mm -hmm. you were able to have this different path, this different partnership now versus kind of what you were doing earlier on in your career and allowing yourself to kind of trust in this ego and this mm -hmm. chasing this dream or or whatever. And we all have dreams, but sometimes we're chasing the dream in a mm -hmm. very unique way. And it sounds like you had to really kind of dial yourself back, kind of rip the bandaid off and say, okay, like, wait, what am I really trying to do? Mm -hmm. And after you kind of did all of that and the, the work and praying or spiritual other work that you were doing, um, what was the, what was the greatness that you felt like you, you got from all of that? Mm. courage courage and uh, recognizing that what it is that I'm learning because we teach what we need to know or at least that's mm -hmm. a philosophy that I abide by right so mm -hmm. everything that I wanted to learn and be the best person that I possibly could be the best version of myself that I possibly could be for my my own personal self but my family my clients my friends um, the courage to be myself the courage to trust myself and to know that no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I've never been abandoned and everything is going to be just fine. And the more that I put into my practice, the more I put into my studies, the more I actually applied what it was that I was learning and role modeling, my clients were able to um, yield significant results that were really mind blowing to me. And they still are at times. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, it's, it's incredible what they're <laughs> able to achieve. And I'm like, I'm, this is, I'm, I'm a catalyst for this. And that felt just amazing. It just, it feels, still does. It feels like Christmas morning when, when I, my client has a huge win, it's just incredible. Aww. So the courage, the courage to be myself, I think was to the, the greatness that I woke up to. Yeah. And that's a, that's a very beautiful transition that you had and that you were able to acknowledge right? We acknowledge people every single day in coaching, um, you know, just our personal lives, you know, but sometimes we don't acknowledge ourselves 
for the greatness that we're doing and to be comfortable and excited in the skin that we're in. So um, I really, really love the, the transition that you had almost like that chrysalis breaking into the butterfly. Mm -hmm. um, so now here we are, right? We're talking this morning, you have this business of you Academy that I would love to hear more about and how this kind of all transpired. Yes, uh, I'm super excited. Actually, I launched a pilot program three months ago. I'm officially launching it in February. Um, I have a couple of more pilot programs to continue and study and just to study the results and make sure it's the best program possible for people who want to know about themselves. Know thyself equals wisdom. I, Socrates and, and several other philosophers know thyself. Yeah. It's like, you know, a foundational, key, foundational stone in, in anyone's development. And so that's what I love. I love learning about myself. I love learning about human behavior and why, again, I said this earlier, why is it that people do certain things? good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter what's the why behind it in terms of the behavior. And so for 30 years, you know, ever since I was a little girl, even my, my first role model was Leo Bruscalia. People were watching Sesame Street and I'm reading Leo Bruscalia's <laughs> books on love, you know, because I, I, I grew because <laughs> I just wanted to. I was like, you know, who I is this what... person? I can't even pronounce the name. Kids are looking at you like, who is she? <laughs> well, I knew, like, for, for me, I don't know about you, but Every one of us has a story, whether it's a trauma story or story or how they grew up and how they were treated or whatever. And I don't like people. I don't like it when people are left out. I don't like it when people are um, not cheered for or, or yeah. Yeah. what have you. And so over these years, the learning that I did about how people put different masks on and what does that mean and, and why is it that they're putting the masks on um, when they go out in public and who, who gets to, why are they deciding certain people get to see different sides of themselves. And so I've studied neuro-linguistic programming and um, again, neuroscience and yeah. uh, the spirituality of things. And so every, the, all the modalities that I have studied and applied, I've taken the best of the best that has absolutely worked for me that continues to work for my clients and my family. And these are all the modalities that I bring together into the school to teach folks how to operate from love consistently versus fear. Because at the end of the day, we are a container for, you know, again, good, bad, or indifferent. And, um, <laughs> and so we are either operating from love or fear. It boils down to those two emotions. And I want to be operating from love as much as possible. And I know the fruits of that labor. And so the school, the academy helps people live from love more consistently based on the modalities that I, that I've learned. Oh, I, you know, it's going to sound silly, but I'm about to say, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the word love. You know, were you just, um, were you in your kitchen? Were you driving one day? Like, how did this all come about? Like, how are you just like, up oh, the business of you? Like, how, how did this come about? Yeah. Um, well, actually, I have my coach, Ankush Jane, to thank for that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was in me. It's been in me since I was a little girl. I love coaching. I love, you know, teaching. I've, always been the friend that people can come to and just share without judgment, without mm -hmm. me saying anything, just listening and um, offering guidance too. But I didn't realize that it was in me until my, I started to have my sessions with Ankush. And 
what it was that I could do to offer to a larger scale, reach as many people as possible versus doing the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And he inspired me to let that come all come out, uh, the best of the best and put it all together. And at first it was just going to be one program, one three-month experience, but there's so much. And for me, to, I've distilled it down and it's going to be a nine-month school. Um, I've just distilled everything down and, and made it as succinct as possible and as easy as possible for people to digest the information and then actually apply it, want to apply it and be able to. Ah, that's awesome. And so through this working with your coach, developing this school, um, what's the most amazing thing that you've learned about yourself? Mm. That I still have work to do. <laughs> that I still have work to do. I still, you know, I still need reminders. I still, I need to do exactly what I profess to do. Everything that I preach, I still need to practice. When things are going smoothly and are on par and things are happening in an amazing way and results are being yielded that I really would love and, and have loved and wanted to happen all along, um, not to get lost in that, to you just to stay the business of you course, and there's a process to it and to trust it. And that I'm not vulnerable, or excuse me, I'm not immune to it, to falling off of the wagon, so to speak. Because mm -hmm. every time I do, while it's practice, and I'm appreciative of it, I'm not immune to it. So I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned. Yeah. And how do you get back on on path? Or um are back on your journey, however you want to look at it, when you feel like maybe you're not continuing to, to move forward or you've taken a few steps back, how do you kind of get yourself recharged and going? For me, I, I pray. Mm -hmm. My, my, my go-to is prayer. And mm -hmm. I want to back up a, a moment. When I hired Ankush, I, ha I have a boutique business, a boutique practice. It's a, it's a very, it was a very good practice and it, it still is. It's grown, but and that's why I hired Ankush was to help me expand the practice. I was very comfortable. I wasn't challenging myself when I hired him and I knew I wanted mm -hmm. to continue. To, I wanted to challenge myself, but I didn't know how any longer. I brought myself as far as I could without a coach. Ankush is the first coach I've hired ever. Oh, wow. Uh, right. So just stepping into that vulnerability and recognizing that I was too comfortable and I still had growth in me and I wanted to do that growth. So I think learning that I'm not immune to making things mm, difficult, right? We always make things difficult, more difficult for ourselves at times. And I wasn't immune to that either. And so this has been a very choppy process in the beginning, but that's what's brought me to the school because I want to make it easier for people when they do fall off the wagon and come back and have a winning way that is offered in the school. But for me, it's prayer. Yeah, no. And, and I appreciate that. Cause I, I, I believe, you know, people can identify with prayer. I mean, you know, people can identify with so many things, but there'll be people that will be able to identify with a spiritual concept um, of what you're talking about. And that's what gets you through. Uh, what's very interesting is this is the first time you've had a coach. What's kept you from being coached yourself? My ego. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your ego has been running things for a long time. For oh, you, my it, was. <laughs> it was, it was, I, um, just not the fear of not knowing what I was doing, the fear of not, of not being perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. the illusion, mm -hmm. giving up the illusion of being perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, not good enough. Not good. Not enough. good enough. They're gonna they're gonna pick out all of the things that you know. I say I'm a coach, and now this person's gonna be like, "You're not really a coach." Yeah, just exactly. Yeah. Just the the fear yeah. of, and, and of course the imposter syndrome. That was yeah. that was something that yeah. I suffered from heavily, and uh, so my ego was definitely in charge for a long part of my life, and uh, I'm grateful that it's in check now. <laughs> I bless it. But I'm grateful <laughs> it's in check. <laughs> well, well, you know, since it was your first time. Um, you know, deciding to go all in with a coach, what advice would you give other coaches who um, may be a little worried um, about getting a coach or aren't sure about the investment? What kind of, um, what kind of advice would you have for them? First of all, it's not easy. You have to be willing to take a very good look, a hard look at your patterns and your behaviors. And again, the why behind the decisions that you're making. And even though it's not an easy process in the beginning, if it's not familiar to you, it is, I, it's, I highly recommend that you do make it familiar because you can only take yourself as far. You you can only take yourself as far as you can go. And if you want to go deeper in your practice, if you want to go deeper in your learning, to have somebody on the other side who's not only been there um, as a coach and as a client, but some allowing yourself to have a relationship that is trusting is one of the best gifts you can give yourself. Because I think a coach is something, Ankush said to me, and this is something that I've said to my clients, there isn't anything that you can say or do that will make me ever think different, think differently of you. Ah, that is, that's big. Right. And yeah, when you are trying to put on different masks or be a certain way, um, it's exhausting and we are leaking energy and you are leaking energy. If you have not invested in yourself and in the coach and that you want to reclaim and retain, retain that energy so that you can do the best for yourself and for your clients and for the community that you're serving. And so having a coach can be scary, but it's only scary. I'm, I'm willing to bet and I'm not a betting woman because it's not familiar. So if you can give yourself the practice of making it familiar, it, would be, it will be one of the most rewarding things you ever do in addition to actually coaching and seeing the results that your clients have from your, your efforts. I think that's awesome advice. I, you know, I think as coaches, oftentimes we, you know, as we are told, you know, we all have the answers within, but um, to continue to grow, if you still have to look outside yourself to continue to get those answers within. And so how has receiving coaching helped you become a better coach? So my retention rate, I had a high retention rate prior to joining on Kush, but it's increased and it's increased direct, I believe, as a direct result of my ability to go deeper with my clients, to not be afraid to be curious with them, to not. And what I mean by that is curiosity, obviously, is a very important factor of coaching yeah. to remain curious. But when we are unwilling to be curious about ourselves, you're, we're doing a terrible disservice. And so when you're able to have the courage to go deeper with your client and let them un- unearth something that is so that's making them so afraid and have it be a mirror or that you're able to reflect back in it into yourself with that thought or the fear 
it's, it, they can be your greatest teachers. I can feel all of your energy this morning. Like everything that you've shared, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a huge empath. Um, when I was growing up, people used to say I was so sensitive and, and words really do matter that you, that affected me so much. Um, as a kid and as a grown up, and I have now labeled myself a strong feeler. I'm just a strong feeler. Um, but I do, I feel your okay. energy and I feel how you really took the time. You, you, you told yourself, I need to do this, right? And, and oftentimes it's so easy, as you've said, to just look at, overlook it, I'll get back to it. This is what I think I want. Um, and you have dedicated a lot of time to really continue to better how you, you think, how you're working, um, and how you're helping others. And I, I just really appreciate how you've shared, you know, your story and, and, and where you are today. And as we're closing up today's session, what I would love to know is what words or thoughts would you like to leave with those that are listening today that will either have them think, motivate, or what have you, but what words would you like to leave with our listeners today? My immediate response to that, and it's more of an intuitive experience here, and that is you are safe. Mm. You are a sovereign being and you are safe. No matter what, you're safe. No matter the di how dire a situation is, no matter if you're struggling financially, you are safe and, and your words have the power to create or destroy. And what we speak, I'm going to say this really slowly. It is very true that what we speak, we speak into existence eventually. So if you can pay attention, the more you pay attention to your internal dialogue, and I know that I'm preaching to the choir to those of you who are watching and listening to this. That's okay. Preach. The more that the more that you are able to pay attention to your words and understand that those words are not you, if they are being harmful and hurtful, that you can simply say no and pivot those, that sentence or those words immediately and begin to say that trajectory, to say those words over and over again. Those words will become a belief. Those words will become familiar and you will eventually create what it is that you are speaking because you're creating what you're speaking right now. So do yourself a favor and be super diligent on what you are thinking and speaking, figure it out, pay attention and pivot it immediately as best as you possibly can. And I'll say it one last time, you are safe and you are a sovereign being to choose however it is that you wish to choose your words. You can entertain them or you can dismiss them. Entertain or dismiss. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank let's you. let's say thank you. A big thank you to Pamela Horton. And please look her up. She has a lot of goodness going on. Thank you so much, Pamela. It was thank great you, to have you here today. Have a Pleasure. good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Make sure to follow us to catch more episodes of the Coaches Connect podcast.